Let's roll. And now, the Leafs cast. Leafs talk only. Episode number five, baby. We are back. The drive for five. We made Welcome it. Welcome back to the Leafs cast. Uh, with your boys, I'm your host, Stephen, uh, joined by Tim Allison and his much, much, much younger brother, Ryan Allison. <laughs> I thought you were going to say much, much more handsome or much, much better hockey opinions. You, I didn't you guys know look exactly going, the same. So I can't say that Ryan is any more handsome or uglier than Tim. You guys are just the same. Ryan trims, Ryan trims his beard, though. If, it's okay, Tim. For Steven, who who can't grow a beard for his life, us bearded men all look That's the why I chose an audio platform instead of making this a YouTube channel so people can't <laughs> see the difference in our facial hair growth. Uh, no, Ryan, if you go ahead and Very grow out your hair again, then I'll, I'll make you the most handsome Allison brother. But for now, stay, stay put. Uh, Deal. <laughs> all right. Welcome back. Uh, let's, uh, let's see. So last week... It was Winnipeg week, only three games to look forward to. Uh, only two of them, uh, or one of them was actually positive. Uh, the Leafs go one and two against the Jets this week. Uh, a 4-3 loss, a 5-2 loss, and then a 4-3 win in overtime. Not in that sandwich, order. <laughs> sandwiched in the middle. Let me finish my sandwich. Are you kidding me? I just don't want you misleading our viewers. <laughs> uh, let's talk about him. Man, Connor Hellebuck yeah. is ridiculous. That guy, I, I had written him off before this season as like a flash in the pan, like Vesna winner. And like, he'll come back down to earth and he'll be fine. The Jets will kind of fade into bl- oblivion. But then it's like, he comes out in back-to-back games and just totally steals us. Uh, steals points from us that that uh, the first game was a little more even like I'd say we deserved to win that game but didn't come out on mm-hmm. top but then game two that was one of the most satisfying overtime wins mm-hmm. I have seen in a long time but yeah we'll see and then you know game three happened but the first two games yeah yeah I don't know I mean just like looking through those we were so good in those first two games. We were just dominant, like cycling the puck in the offensive zone. We were creating chances off the rush. William Nylander is a man possessed mm-hmm. right now. And I don't know. just couldn't, we couldn't figure out Connor Hellebuck and, until finally, you know, Mr. Uh, one-handed Matthews there. Pots of I did want to mention the that. The first two games were quite different. Than yeah. The Austin Matthews with one hand is currently the best player in the Canadian division. Uh, this week. I don't feel, <laughs> actually, I don't know that, but, uh, yeah, he had a good week. Three goals in the games, uh, one hand doing it, um, roofing it backhand on the former Vesna winner. That was amazing. Um, part, part of me says it's completely ridiculous that Austin Matthews is good enough that even when he cannot shoot, which is literally his bread and butter, that's that's why he's arguably the best player in the NHL. He cannot shoot, and he decides, all right, I'm going to be the best tip scorer in the NHL now and I'm going to score three goals in two games here and and just continue on my pace for 50 of 50 I don't know if he's still at that pace but he's he is just unbelievable that he can score at that rate well it's um you guys were right you know we we definitely 
I, I would say outplayed them or were very close on the, the first game of the week and we take the loss. It drops us to five and five over the last 10 games. Yes. Um, we're still the top team in the Canadian division. We have uh, a couple games in hand on the Jets. We sit 19, 19, eight and two. The Jets are 17, eight and two. Um, again, they're two games I don't like back. That. So you, do not like sorry, the, the Jets have games in hand on us. No. Oh, We've sorry. I'm games. looking at it. <laughs> yeah. What does that mean? The, the, so the Jets, <laughs> the Jets could catch yeah. us if, if they win their next two games. They're they're tied. Yeah. With us. So I mean, we we have the edge of. Uh, well, actually, no. We'd have the exact same records. Um. But so so like, what I'm getting at is is we're five and five against a couple of the best teams in our division. Well, okay. The Canucks are not. Was that? Three games against the Canucks or two games against the Canucks? It's not. It doesn't uh, look two. good right now. No. Well, <laughs> not, it's tough. Not as it's, good as last week. I was just gonna say it's tough to to look at because right now we're definitely in the worst slide we've been in all season. You know, we've lost four of our last five games. We haven't done that all year long. But it's tough to say. Like, was it the first twenty three games of the season that we were performing above where we're at and we're not that good, or is it just these past five games are? we're in a bit of a skid right now and we're going to go back to the way we were. It's, it's hard when it's the last five games that we've just hasn't been great. Well, I don't know, it's, it's tough even to say that we haven't been great the last five games. Cause those first two games against Winnipeg, we were, we were dominating them. We were playing really well. So I don't even know how well, how good this team is right yeah, now. So we get one, one out of six points against the jets. That's tough. But then it just, yeah. The fact that we, we two go zero and two, two. Uh, against the Canucks. Um, mm-hmm compiling with that it's just, yeah it's not a good look right now um we've got some easier games ahead we can talk about that later but yeah i let's move on unless yeah. you guys had anything else to say about the last I, week's action i would say one thing one other thing to note is like we've seen it with the least before they have these like these big wins and then they don't show up to the next game for they just can't get themselves psyched up for it so i i wonder if some of that was at play as well where they had that uh OT victory against Hellebuck. They like prevailed like or on cloud nine after that game. And then you come to Saturday's game and you find out there's like the backup goalie in net who did not look mm-hmm. good. Um, but like, and they just couldn't, couldn't get it going. Couldn't get the passes going. Couldn't hustle. And, and then but that's, that's not good enough. Like we, we can't be that team this year when we want to make a serious playoff run like in the playoffs you're gonna have these seven game series where every single one is to the level that like the last game against winnipeg was every single win you get is gonna feel like you're on cloud nine we just want a playoff game and you need to come back the next game and do it again like we gotta bury these guys Mm -hmm. game after game like we did against edmonton a couple weeks ago or last week whenever it was and and where we showed up and won the first game and then showed up even more so and won the second game and then dominated them for the third game and they were done. And then after that, we just haven't been able to do that at all. And it's been, it was a lot of odd man rushes against the jets. And it felt like they were maybe cause they know they've got such an excellent goalie. They were pinching a little bit and, and, you know, getting behind us and a lot of two on ones. And I mean, that's tough for Anderson to stop. They've got some good wingers. And, uh, um, I do want to talk about last night though. First of all, I mean, Engvall finally, you know, he's got a nice goal. That's probably the best goal I've ever seen him score ever. Breaks the water bottle, starts off the game. Um, and the goal's called off for a hand pass. I thought that was kind of weird, but I, I don't, 
that's the rules. The rule. It's it's black yeah. and white. Yeah. Well, uh, but but anyway, whether it's a good rule or not is another thing. But it it is anyway. The rule. You have that which, which if we scored the first goal of the game, a lot of times the game kind of changes from there, right? The tone of the game changes. But then the way that it ended last night, I mean, a 5-2 loss is not how it should have been. Um, that no. penalty was atrocious. And <laughs> Which one? <laughs> the, 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 call, the call against time, and it's 4-2. There's, I want to say, four minutes left in the game. Um, and it's a, was it an interference off of the draw. Here's here's the he, thing. He, so, he hits three guys at once, NHL hit style. Okay, he hits three guys at <laughs> once in the faceoff dot. You know, go ahead, Tim. I was gonna say it's such a subjective penalty, and like if if this ref wants to to call this penalty and make all these ticky tack calls to the game, fine, you can do that. But where it's so annoying is when these refs decide like, Oh, am I going to let it go all game? And then on a whim, just decide to start calling Mm -hmm. it five minutes left in the Mm -hmm. game only on us. Like it's ridiculous. There's so many other opportunities to call interference, but they decide like, Oh, you know what? We're going to let those go Mm -hmm. by. And, but so I decided to look up these guys. So, Graham, Graham Skilleter. <laughs> everyone, everyone knows the name Graham because Sheldon keeps shouting it at the end oh, of the game. Man. man. And then Kendrick Nicholson. So it turns out Kendrick Nicholson was the referee in the game before that as well, who missed the egregious slash on Morgan Riley's oh stick in overtime. But there is a silver lining. These two losers that wear the stripes and play you the hear games, that? they... They are content to have long summers. These guys have <laughs> refed hundreds of NHL games, and the NHL recognizes them for their incompetence that they are, and they've given them a grand total of zero playoff games. <laughs> so the good news is that they might ref these meaningless regular season games, but the NHL knows these guys are losers no more ever. I, 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 I mean... I think we were all like Sheldon Keefe there getting pretty heated. Uh, it, it was, it was a bummer that, you know, then he, he takes the extra penalty. Um, we, we go on a five on three and then, you know, uh, the, we, they score, it's a five, two final, but I definitely, I don't know. I wish he would have kept us cool a little bit. We kill off that penalty. There's yeah, two minutes co- to go. You still have Austin Matthews on your team. You've got everybody on your team yeah. and yeah. Um, call, call them out in the post game conference so then you just yeah, kind of fine, fine and yeah then, yeah way ripping better. off that mask to yell people look like to yell at people looking like everybody here in the u.s um okay <laughs> uh you guys want to move on to a more positive topic after we've tim's the, roasted the the zebras on the ice the one thing that i would like to say which which i thought was a positive of the winnipeg series is the line of john Tavares, william nylander and joe thornton looks great it looks like a great line it probably looks like the best we've seen john Tavares and, and william Nylander all season which isn't necessarily a, a tribute to joe thornton like i think a lot of that is just Tavares and Nylander have started wait wait up here the game again. put that in the wagon let's go in the wagon good can we hop in <laughs> hit me with the wagon well you don't want to get hit by the wagon this thing's got <laughs> one of those little beepers my parents' minivan growing up, they had a, they used to beep when it was backing up because they were worried about like running somebody over or something. So that's, that's <laughs> what this wagon has. Okay. 
We know your sibling, Stephen. It, it was cause for concern. <laughs> All right, Ryan, who do you who do you want to nominate? Oh, well, I, I don't know if I want to nominate all three of them. Who was in the wagon last week? Was Nylander in the wagon last Nylander week? Nylander was in the wagon. VC was all in right, the he, wagon. He can stay in the wagon. I, I want Nylander to stay in the wagon. John Tavares can take a seat in the wagon, though. That yep. guy, like our captain, should. He stepped up. He started playing really well. Some nice, highly real plays there. Sauce and passes to Nilly all day long. Have a seat, JT. You He it. was... um. Uh, yeah, he's so he looks so fast this week, and so does Willie. Mm-hmm. They are yep. flying out there. Holy cow! And strong with the puck. Yeah, too. I lo- I love it when Willie skates faster than than you know anyone I've seen. He skates faster sideways than anybody I see skating uh, uh, straight. And he's just he's just eyeing the ice. And who's it going to mm-hmm. go to? And he's making smart decisions. And he's looking confident right now. And that's important. Um, Okay, that's two good nominations. Let's see. Uh, right, so far the the wagon's more of a uh, a sedan, so we've only got three more spots. We could open it up to more. I think uh, Austin Matthews and his one wrist should be in there. Uh, three goals in the <laughs> yeah. two games. Um, still, I mean, still looking impactful on the ice. Not quite as dominant as before, but I mean, he's showing up on the, the score sheet, and uh, I think he belongs in the wagon. Yeah, for sure. Uh, who else? Who else? You guys liking? Uh, I was going to say cactus for sure. Uh, whoever it was that handed, uh, Riley, the stick in overtime, that was the, <laughs> the magic stick. Yes. Uh, I've got one. I've got one. Uh, Mason Appleton. Okay. He plays for the Winnipeg jets. Um, he had two goals and one assist in the series. He was looking really dominant out there. And, uh, uh I think he could definitely have a spot in the wagon. What do you? <laughs> I don't think so. He is not in my way. No, I'll reserve a spot for TJ Brody though. That guy, he's he hasn't earned any of our major awards in other podcasts we've done. So we'll give him a seat in the wagon right now because even while the Leafs are struggling, he's still making these key defensive plays, setting up plays in the offensive zone. He's he's doing the same thing he's done all season, and that deserves a spot in the wagon. All right, so we've. Uh... I mean, it's a sedan. I was considering including a medical professional to tend to uh, Big Cactus's wrist as they're in the wagon. <laughs> I, Get them in yeah, there. well, I guess, yeah, they'll they'll find a spot. Maybe it's like more of a minivan and we've got some extra seats. Um, okay, that's a solid wagon. So we've got Willie, JT, Big Cactus. VC um, Soup and Engvall are leaving Yeah, they're the out. They're out. They, they can um, walk. Uh, what, about, what about Hutch? <laughs> We drove yeah. by. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we pretended like we didn't see him. Uh, uh, the, the, we traded for someone to not have to. Whoever deal with the equipment anymore. guy is, who got um, Riley's new stick, and who else? Who else do we have in there? I can't remember now. Brody. I mean, under the wagon are those Brody, two refs yeah. who run them over. Yeah, them, so. come yeah. on. All right, awesome. Uh, what kind of music are they listen to in the wagon this time? Let's see. Who are we letting drive? I'll let Willie drive. No, it's got it's it's got to be the captain. Come on, okay, captain. Okay. Driving. Willie's on the on the the radio. I, I ha- okay, Willie's on the radio. Willie's listen. I feel like Tavares drives one of those guys who will drive the speed limit and not not one click over. He's he's a safe driver. I mean, Willie's dad was an NHLer. He grew up pretty rich. I wouldn't be shocked if he has never driven in his life and he's always had a driver. And you know, yeah, I think I think that's why he's in charge. Yeah, of the that's tunes. why he's in charge of the tunes. Okay, awesome. Now on to the topic for this week. Trade bait. Timmy's trade bait. Oh boy. 
go. Okay. <laughs> this week we got we got some trades brewing. <laughs> oh my we, There's some big names on the board. Okay. <laughs> Duvis has two phones to his ear at all times, no wanting to uh, listen in on who's available. And according to every reporter in Toronto, literally the half the league is going to be a Toronto Maple Leaf by uh, in a, <laughs> by the end of a couple of weeks. Doesn't they decided the salary cap doesn't matter, and every player is just going to be added for the cost of probably a second round pick. And Nikolai Kuhlman will probably be enough to get it done. <laughs> Nikolai so Kuhlman. the trade yes. deadline uh, for those unaware is just under a month away and we debated waiting a little while to do this um but the trade deadline's been weird the last few years where it seems like so many fewer deals especially with the leafs end up happening on deadline day or even deadline week they happen weeks in advance because you might as well get the guy in the building earlier and get more games with him and you kind of already know what kind of team you are um at that time I guess we can have the discussion on if the Leafs are, are how much we're going to be buying this year, if we should be buying at all. I don't think anyone's going to think that we're selling. But we wanted to do it early because the Leafs like to make a lot of trades, um, or they like to catch us off guard. And there was a trade this week. Okay. The Toronto Maple Leafs sent Miko Lettinen to the Columbus Blue Jackets in exchange for goaltender... You could do it. Vini? Vev Halinen. Vini Vev Halinen. That's actually the first time I've really looked at the last name. I just, um, <laughs> the first time I saw it, I was like, okay, some weird guy, you know. Vev Halinen. Vev Halinen. Vev Halinen. I mean, hopefully he'll basically never play a game because our actual goaltenders are healthy. So you won't need to pr pr practice pronouncing his name too much. So um, Vev Valainen, he's 26 years old. He's a six-round pick in 2018. He um, He's currently playing overseas because of the AHL pause. Um, he had he, He's had pretty good success overseas. Uh, and he won gold medals in the World Juniors in 2016 and the 2019 World Championship for Finland. So I think it's a cool trade. We have to assume Lettinen probably was, you know, he hadn't played in so long. It hadn't really been working out here. He says, I'm going back to Russia. I hate you guys, Toronto Maple Leafs. Send me away. I like the trade. I, I like it even better considering that uh, Vini Vivalainen <laughs> is actually only 24. So he does have a bit more... Uh, Progression ahead of oh, him, what did hopefully. I say? Did I say 26? Yeah, oh, okay, yeah, 24. 24. Yeah. Um, um, it's like we didn't, our goaltending depth is a little thin. Like we have Joseph Wall and Ian Scott down there who, like, at this point are below even the Marley's level. So, like, this guy, uh, just gives us a little more depth there. Somewhat goalies, you never know, they could jump up and become like the next James Reimer. So, quantity is good for goalies. I don't know. Um, that he'd be coming over anytime soon with the, the, you know, quarantines. Yeah. And I, I don't know what's up with that. This might be more of a, a trade that, that we care about way later down the road, but it's nice to have more talent than more people that potentially in front of Michael Hutchinson. So I don't know what you guys are talking about. I literally look at this deal and I only see 
bad things. <laughs> I don't know what you guys are talking about. We t- we traded for this goalie who like sure could be good, like might be an NHLer. We traded an NHL quality defenseman to get him, and not only an NHL quality defenseman. Now that he's gone, if we get an injury in our defensive court, who is coming into the lineup? Tell me who. Well, it's got to be Marty. It's got to be Marty. It's going to be Martin <laughs> Marinchin who draws into our lineup because we don't have him. This is, it's not that I don't like the deal because we, we lost a great player and got back at just an okay goaltender. It's more sad that it wasn't able to work out with Miko Letton. Yeah. What you know? a, like, oh, like it's, it just feels like we lost him. We lost him and it's, it hurts us. I he think. lost us a little bit. I mean, you think about the off season and we're hearing about this guy as a guaranteed he's, he's going to, he should be in the top four, right? You know, sorry, uh, Justin Hall, you're bumping down. He's going to be in the top four playing with, um, you know, Muzzin or Riley or whoever. Um, and he wasn't even close to that. And so he played our hand. We assume by saying that I don't want to be here anymore and it's not working out, but I, I like the trade because I think, uh, a six to def- a bad six defenseman or, you know, Marty in as our six defenseman, if we have an injury, isn't going to lose us games as much as like a bad third goalie will. I don't know. Like you say that, but we've lost a lot of games under Hutch and he's currently our third goalie. So I don't really know what, what that comparison is there. The, the thing, the thing is though, like, I think this trade is pretty similar to uh, the Josh Levo trade of a few years ago. I think what this is, this is less about Dubas making the team better. It's more about, keeping that those relationships with the players and knowing that like, all right, you have no spot forward here. I'm going to do right by you. And like, so does it make our team worse this year? Yes. Uh, But I don't think, I think for maintaining those relationships, it's not, not the biggest loss, but, but Tim this year, and we're about to talk about it from our, whether Tim, Timmy's trade bait, but this year is the year you want to be better. We're this, this isn't the year about, you know, trading away the, the current to build the future. This is the year for trading away the future to build the current. So I, I have no idea how you guys are. It, this it's a, it was a necessary trade because Miko Lettenwin was either going back to the KHL or we're giving him to another team. But that doesn't mean that anything about this trade is good. It's just talking, we lost him. You're talking about like a number seven or a number eight defenseman, though. Yes, and that's why I'm not saying that Dubas should lose his job. I'm just saying there's nothing about this that I'm happy Viva about. Leinen! It's just a not good trade. I, it's bad. I'm, I'm happy that our defense core hasn't had any injuries on the left side, so we haven't needed him. I don't know. Again. Let's Again, just, the, a good, a, an upgrade at third goalie is more important than, yeah, the seventh, eighth defenseman on the team. That's what I, I think. You don't I mean, even know it's an upgrade of a goalie. It's an, it's an no, yeah, upgrade. we don't know that. This year, this year he's the fourth goalie. <laughs> he's, he's in, he's in, he's behind but, Viva Lyonin, we love you. Come on the podcast. All right. All right. Reel so. him in, baby. What do you got for us, Tim? All right. So we have a few different options. A lot of a lot of the internet trade speculation kind of be thrown out because either like the cap doesn't work or uh, it's not going to work with Seattle mm-hmm. expansion draft coming out or there's a many or teams just uh, don't want to trade away talent for nothing. But there are a few places where Dubas can make a trade and can make our current team better. So in particular, we're going to be looking at the top six winger 
third line center, uh, or potentially on defense. Generally, probably the number like three, four defense uh, slot. So the first name that jumped out uh, is from the Buffalo Sabres, who have nothing going mm-hmm. on there uh, talent wise. They have pain uh, and misery. They have pain and misery. They they are looking just to sell off anything they can get and get. Anything that helps them next year, because surely next year's got to be better yeah. than this year, right? <laughs> Said uh, eight eight years in a row now. Um, but first on that list has got to be Eric Stahl. Mm. Music to my ears, Eric. And this is on topic. <laughs> Fan fa- <laughs> it's on topic. Fan favorite Eric Stahl. Uh, we have uh, he, so he he would slide into our, either our third line center role or could p- potentially play in the top six, similar to like a Joe Thornton. Uh, Eric Stahl is 36. So he's no longer, uh, no longer your young, young gun Stanley cup champion, but he uh, does provide a lot of experience. It'd be pretty similar to the role that like Spezza and yeah. Thornton play, but maybe I'll, I'll put a, a, a few different okay, names yeah. out there. So like, uh, so, so Eric's Eric Stahl is someone who, more more third line center, but could play in the top six. Then there's also uh, uh, Granland, Mikhail Granland, <laughs> on, Mikhail Granland on uh, Nashville, who could slide into the top six, or Kyle Palmieri from New Jersey, who could slide into the top six. These guys are all on expiring deals, uh, and we'd have to, or uh, the other team would have to retain fifty percent salary for us to have any hope of fitting them in. Uh, and then on Buffalo, we could we can have a separate conversation about Taylor Hall about what that might take and how we could fit him in. But that's the high end of what we could take. But what are you guys' thoughts about bringing someone in for uh, to improve our top six forwards? Uh, yeah, I wanted to have this discussion. What is Eric cap hit? It's like three million or so. Oh, I don't know off the top so, of my head. So Eric Stahl makes three point two five. What I was going to say is is what's tough is that any money coming in has to be equal money going out. So like if we, if we take on Eric Stahl, I feel like Buffalo would have to retain some salary and then Bas- I don't know, we move out like Engvall or, or Kerfoot to make room for him. Are we going to talk later about, about who we're moving out or is it all in, in this conversation? Uh, or? So for these guys, assume that like we can fit them in with, uh, okay. Then I'll take Taylor Hall. Just kidding. <laughs> Ta- Taylor Hall is obviously the high end. Uh, of what we'd have to fit in, but like uh, assuming that we're adding these guys to our existing existing core, so these guys could be had by a combination of prospects and draft picks. Uh, mm-hmm. These and these guys are all such that probably a com- some they're not quite first rounder uh, eligibility. Like either two two second round picks like this year and next year, or depending on what prospect is included, but we wouldn't right. have to get, we wouldn't have to give up our top tier prospects to, to land these guys. Or I, the first I would say that of those guys, I probably like stall the best only for the reason that this is a weird season. Mm-hmm. They're going to have to come over and like quarantine for a bit. And, and all these guys, all of them are expiring after this year. That's right, Tim. Correct. So it's not like it's not like the Jake Muzzin trade we made a little while back. It's not like we're getting him and we're getting him for a little bit after that and then probably re-signing him beyond that. It's it's literally a purely a rental just for this year. And if I were to pick any of those guys who I was had the highest confidence would be able to just slot it on a new team, pick some new line mates and be able to perform at the level that we expect them to, 
it's probably Eric Stahl. I mean, I feel like that's why Buffalo wanted him, and obviously it didn't work out there. But I, I, I would say I have some confidence that he'd be able to to provide some some good depth on that third line. So I, I kind of wanted to talk about, um, yeah, just the idea of, of d- does a move need to happen at all? It, it, I think this is kind of a weird season where, like, normally when we come to trade deadline time, our defense is so bad we're looking at it like we – absolutely need to make a trade, right? Like we need, we need Mm. to do this. This guy needs to become a Maple Leaf. Um, Where I look at like, I feel like so many of our off season moves panned out. Um, You know, none, none of these feel that, that important to make, you know? So, so some of these guys, you know, different levels of, of where they would slot in on the team, right? So if we're going after somebody like a Taylor Hall, he's going to be probably top line, you know, second line. Um, and I, I just don't know that that's something that needs to happen. We, the, the only reason why, and I, I have thought similar to you, Stephen, but I keep on going back to and think every other cup winning mm. team forever, you know, you look at Tampa yeah, last year, was the best team in the league, other than maybe like Boston leg like, was up there, but arguably the best team in the league had probably fewer holes than than we have right now. And they still spent their first round pick and a couple other prospects and picked it, picked some new players up who actively helped them win the cup. So I I would say, I agree with you that like, I don't know if we necessarily need anyone, but if you're going to go for it, you got to go for it. Well, yeah. So then by that logic, it makes me want to say, let's get like, give me stall and give me Taylor hall. There is something to be said called the salary cap that might get in the way. And, <laughs> and, 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 sorry, I thought we were I, playing I the salary when cap said, off. No, we're not the Tampa Bay Lightning. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, when I said we probably wouldn't have to give up our major prospects or the first round pick, that I wasn't. That's more about the other guys. Taylor Hall is such that, like, because Buffalo would have to retain like four million dollars of his salary, we probably would have to give up the first round pick as well as probably Kerfoot to make the money work as well as maybe uh, a, a prospect or something that that that's a, you'd have to spend more and to get Kerfoot, compared to and, the other and guys. going back to Seattle Kerfoot is somebody who is probably going to get claimed by Seattle anyway. Um, well, that, that depends. Right, so you, would you protect Justin Hall over Kerfoot at this? No, point? but I would protect Zach Hyman over Kerfoot. Well, what's nice about Hyman is that he's a UFA, so we don't actually have to protect him. Seattle could like take him, but then we just sign him on July first, and he comes. Oh, back. didn't think about that. You don't think Granlin would would require a first round pick to bring him over to him? He's he's pretty good. So so the, he's pretty good, but so in the past couple of years, there's been like Gustav Nyquist and Matt Zuccarello, both of which were traded at the deadline on expiring deals. And both of them were like uh, a second and a, like a conditional third round pick. Like both of them didn't take a first rounder to bring in. Hmm. Now it's a little different because this year uh, there was all this talk about should the draft move back because mm-hmm. like rather than a full year to evaluate the prospects, they're only going to get a few months. Um, so like uh, the value of a current year draft pick is a lot less because it's a lot more of a gamble. Like especially as you get further down the later round picks. So uh, it'd be in- it'll be very interesting to see uh, teams that have very strong scouting this year might find a lot more diamonds in the rough later on than uh, like Buffalo fired half their scouts a couple of years ago and just didn't bother to hire most of them back. So, yeah. so Buffalo, like Buffalo is like, we know about 10 guys and 
they're going to get to the second round and like, shoot, can we just sort by, <laughs> sort by potential? And I feel like if you can get, if, if you can get Granlin for not a first round pick and just like, like if the cost was a second round pick and a conditional third round pick, I, I would say I'm, I'm comfortable with that. I, I'm really hesitant, even though, you know, what I was talking about before that this is the year and you need to spend, I, I hate spending a first round pick for purely rental in a weird season like this, where they're only going to play like 20 games and then it's playoffs and, you know, seven games in <laughs> the Leafs are done and then we lose them again. Like, I don't know. First round pick is just so expensive. Seem, it seems expensive, but yeah, it, it's, it's hard to say like, uh, like at least you have a fair amount of prospects mm-hmm. already. Like we, we did get our, our first round last year. So it's not like, we have no prospects if we don't have our first round pick this year. Mm-hmm. And what seems to be a trend and what will continue to be a trend in like the flat cap world is that there's all these players uh, that are, I guess you want to say left without a seat on July 1st that will be signing for league minimum or veterans that are looking to like to bounce back. And like we saw that this year, like we signed how many guys to league min contracts wanting to chase a cup or like, uh, live in Toronto, which is like world-class mm-hmm. facilities. And so, and, and then we, we do have those relationships bring, bring over guys like Miko Lettinen or, uh, Mikheyev before I know Barabanov has been a bit more of like a 12 or 13 rod forward. Uh, but it's not to say that we have no, no other options if we don't have a first round pick this year, or even look like Nick Robinson, second round pick. What? Not the end of the world. Uh, with the, Going back to the potential guys that we can bring in, uh, you know, I, I I feel like getting someone who slots into that third line center spot and is an upgrade over Pierre Engvall makes a ton of sense because then you can potentially have Kerfoot. Uh, whether whether we want to have Kerfoot playing with JT or we want to have Kerfoot on the wing, right? Maybe it's Kerfoot, Stahl, and then Mikheyev on that third line. And I like that a lot more. And then you put Hyman on the top line and you've got... Uh, jumbo on the second line. Um, I just feel like that makes a lot more sense than worrying about getting an upgraded winger to play uh, on one of the top two lines. Mm-hmm. Just, just yeah, because there's, we have like, aside from the guys that are even just like, like we could potentially bring in, you know, we have, we have Simmons that's coming back. Alex Galchenyuk mm. is hanging out in the building somewhere. <laughs> oh, a guy named by uh, Nick Robinson still could be yes. playing. Yes. Um, and so I, I just feel like that's the most important. Yeah. So, so just to, to state all three of us are a nay to Taylor Hall here. Not, none of us really want to spend and get a guy like Taylor Hall or Taylor Hall himself. If, if the money would work and it would only cost a first round pick, I would give up a first round pick and get Taylor Hall. Yeah, for sure. And then let him walk at the end of the year or something weird happens and he ends up staying a leaf. I am concerned with the fact that he, he, just doesn't score this year. I'm not watching Buffalo's games, but like Eric Stahl has more goals than Taylor Hall this year. Like maybe he's just bad this year. Maybe Hall was always a a bit more of a playmaker than a scorer. And when he's with two scrubs that can't score named Jack Eichel, or (laughs) I actually don't know how much he's been playing with Eichel this year. I mean, Eichel's injured now, but uh, yeah, I mean like obviously Taylor Hall is like an elite talent, uh, 
an elite talent who's been a loser for his basically his whole career, yeah. which is mildly concerning. Um, but that that be yeah, it, and it does come down to cost about like what it would take to bring him in. Like, would Taylor Hall uh, improve the Leafs? Absolutely. Uh-huh. <laughs> would uh, yeah, I don't know. It's hard. I I I sometimes get scared when you know we're the best team in the division right now with this group. You know, what if what if we bring in Taylor Hall and he ends up being just a total headache because, you know, we can't find a spot where he's working and which seems crazy, but it could totally happen. Um, and mm-hmm. it, it just feels like upgrading the third line center spot. We already have good players that could move up like Kerfoot um, or potentially put Kerfoot. In the like we are, and Eric Stahl. We are first in Eric the Stahl. I'll get. I'll buy the jersey. You know, I'm going to buy the jersey. Get Mark Stahl. Where's he? <laughs> Call him up. Because there is, there is. Um, I mean, Eric Stahl sounds like uh, he seems to be the name that's really popular. And for some reason, I think he might cost a bit more um, than some of these Mark other Stahl guys. Mark Stahl gets paid a lot, doesn't he? Isn't he like five and a half million or something? Who? Yeah, Mark Stahl. Mark Stahl isn't a real. Oh, I was just joking. Option. Yeah, I was like, just joking. He, yeah, he's like a bo- he's like bottom pair defenseman at this point in his career. So. He's, he's not coming yeah. in. It's, it's, but oh, the, I guess, did you guys want to talk about potential guys we could bring in on defense? Do you feel like that's important at all? Uh, so like the shiniest name that people are tossing around out there is, uh, Eckholm from Nashville, um, who's like kind of a number three defenseman on like a great deal. So of course a lot of teams are, are wanting him. The problem is Eckholm is a left-handed D. So, <laughs> We're familiar we've had, with left-handed D. We've had enough of them, yep. <laughs> and and he is a, a deal uh, for next year as well. So we'd have it would mess up our expansion draft plan. So I don't think we'll be getting Ekholm. Um, there are a couple names out there that like might be able to work that could like be, uh, would replace Hall in the top four uh, that are a little bit like uh, Bogosian plus. Where they they have that rougher rough around the edges play, but at the same time are a little bit better. Guys like J- Josh Manson yep. uh, on Anaheim, uh, he's being tossed. His name is tossed around. Uh, there's David Savard in Columbus. Uh, both both these guys like hard to say if they're a true number four D or whether they're uh, just having up and down yeah. season. Defensive defensemen are a little harder to evaluate without point mm-hmm. totals, but um, I tell you, I would love to see Savard come to Toronto. And here's why we have seen <laughs> over the past few trades that Columbus has made with, uh, you know, they brought in Max Domi and shipped out our boy, our Burlington boy, Josh yep. Anderson. And then you look at what he's done on, uh, on Montreal and he's all of a sudden the most prolific goal scorer mm-hmm. on that team, which like he never was on, uh, on Columbus. And then you even look at, uh, what's his name gone for line a um, Dubois. Yeah. Pascal Dubois. Who's uh, yeah. He, although he wasn't as noticeable in those three games we just played against him. He's been Pierre, really, do, he's been Pierre really Duke. doing well for, uh, for Winnipeg there. And you just think, okay, well clearly Columbus is just not a city where maybe it's the way towards his coaching, but the players aren't, they're not living up to their potential. They're clearly playing better on, on another team and under a different system. And that's where they're really reaching their potential. And maybe it's an all team effort in Columbus, but the individual players are not getting it done like they are elsewhere. So I would love to see what a player like, um, 
like David Savard, Savard could do on Toronto because I remember him from our series last year and he was he was really good. He he played so, us hard. So let's say here's oh, here's the problem though. I was gonna say we basically have room to bring in one guy, and even then that's one guy in salary retained. Unless if you're sending yeah, out I like, think you're sending somebody out. Taylor Hall I, I, I think like because we're talking about Vegas already, and the guys who potentially could get snatched up by Vegas is somebody like Kerfoot, somebody like Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, sorry. Did I say Vegas? I hate Vegas. If we could potentially send somebody out, you use our rental rather than, you know, sending our first round pick out or second round pick on the rental. We're sending out a player that we probably end up losing anyway. Um, I, I, I don't know that the, the teams would want that, uh, like like whoever selling to us would want that. But I think Dubas is the kind of guy that would make a move like that. Because we're not even though we're 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 all in our best players are still 23 years old and, and this team is going to need retooling and we can't have too many bodies in the building. You know, the salary cap is going to remain flat for a little while. Um, I just know that when we, like, if we're going deep in the playoffs here, if your goal is purely to win one round of the playoffs, then it's not that much of a concern. However, my goal, and I think your guys' goal as well, is for the Leafs to make a serious mm-hmm. deep cup run this year. And if you're going three or four rounds deep in the playoffs, you better expect that you're going to have some injuries to mm-hmm. your group. You know, this is playoff hockey. It's tough, hard hidden we're going to probably have an injury on defense. And if not in the playoffs, then before the playoffs, before the season's over, someone's going to be injured there. And like we were saying earlier with Lettinen being gone now, big stick Mick is the next guy who's coming into well, our lineup. And I say, do not no, want Ra- to see him on there. Rasmus Sandin will yeah. be back by then. Just Rasmus Sandin right did not play in the playoffs last year because they did not trust him. What's he, what's to say that they trust him this year. He hasn't played any sure. games. He's one, he's one year older, though. It doesn't matter. He hasn't played in the NHL yet. And you think that in the playoffs, they're going to give it to a guy who's never played in the NHL over a guy that they can trust? Now, they did it last year with Robertson. Gave him a couple games, although they gave him the yank as soon as Janssen was healthy again. So I, I, don't, I do not want to go into the playoffs without an addition on defense. I, I don't want Big Stick Mick coming into the playoffs again. And I think the him. difference, though is where last year it felt like we had one really good defensive pairing, right? Um, and then, you know, when the playoffs happens and uh, Dubois decides to kill Jake Muzzin, he's out. Uh, it, it feels like we are, we're sinking, right? Let's say in this year in the playoffs and, and Muzzin gets hurt again. Well, we have a, we have a really good, uh, you know, unit in Riley and Brody that can step up and play more minutes. And that's that's assuming that just one of them goes down. But do you know what I mean? Are, are, you, are you, you, you kind of see we're, what I'm seeing? No, yeah, for sure. We're definitely in a better spot this year defensively than we were last year. We, we have, we actually have defensemen to carry the load, but that doesn't mean that I'm, I'm confident. Mm-hmm. Like if, if Muzzin goes down mm-hmm. again or Brody goes down or Riley, then all of a sudden it, it doesn't look so, so hot back there. You know, Ryan, you do have a really good point though, that this year I, I, I think, myself and maybe Tim are, uh, we're, we're blind by the past. I mean, we're the best team in the Canadian division and we're going to be, we're going to be playing against these schmucks in the playoffs. And we have a really good shot at going at, at beating all of them and getting to the final four. Um, it is, it is definitely a, a, a good shot. Like, and, and I think that that also has to be taken into account that like our team right now is pretty good. Mm-hmm. We got like, 
even even better than pretty good. Uh, but I think like, I guess just to, to kind of wrap up and summarize where we're kind of at, Ryan, you're saying that more, more important than adding anything on forward is you would add depth to the defense. A hundred percent. Steven, you disagree and say that the forwards are more impactful, uh, especially considering the defense we have and going after someone like Eric Stahl. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but Tim, uh, here's the thing. Steven is wrong. That's the thing. Well, here's the thing. I agree with Steven. Oh, no. We're not going to bring in a defenseman to sit on the bench in case of an injury all throughout uh, that might not come or we'll be pushing one of our current guys out of the lineup. Uh, like I'd much rather push out like a Jimmy VC or a Travis Boyd and get significantly better at the forwards rather than get someone on defense. I, so I, I agree. I, I, I do what you're saying. Actually, that, that makes a lot of sense. And I'd be okay if we, if we, if we're going to make like a big move in a small move, I would be okay if the big move is forward in the small moves fence. But if we're only making one move, I want even just like a number seven D added to the lease. I think that that's important for us to do someone who's next on the depth chart. If we have an injury who we know can play NHL minutes, as long as he's on the right side. So he doesn't block Sandman. (laughs) Yes. I'm fine with that. Yeah. Yeah. That's (laughs) I, I I've enjoyed having getting to have the same look on, on defense uh, for a while now. Right. And just getting to see the same guys and really, have have them mesh together. I, I kind of don't love the idea of like, oh, okay, now who's in, who's in, who's in, who's in this night. But um, I think, okay, so Tim and I are right. Ryan's wrong. Eric Stahl, please come to Toronto. I'll buy a jersey. You can stay at grandma's house. Um, and they they might they might have uh, some sort of quarantine workaround for the NHL by this point as well. So it's possible that the guy that we end up trading for or whoever you know is getting traded around doesn't have to quarantine, sit in a hotel for two weeks before they can join the team. It'd be nice, but this is this is the time to do it. Like we only have two games uh, this week, and like not a lot next week. So like, if you have a two week waiting period, time quarantining uh, now. Time's ticking. Okay, trade bait done. Yeah, trade bait okay. done. We'll see. We now we see what Dubas does. Reel them in, baby. Reel him in, Dubas. He's on the line. <laughs> it's a big fish. A big one. <laughs> um, okay. So let's talk about the games next week. So the Maple Leafs sitting number one in the division. They have a game tonight, uh, which I'm so glad about, by the way. I was sitting there on the couch. It's a rainy day in Nebraska. I'm like, what am I, I going to do today? I've already played Wii Sports. And then I was like, wait, the Leafs play tonight at <laughs> 6 o'clock? Listen, tonight's game, as stupid as it is, is so important. Like for the same, do you remember a while ago when we were playing Montreal and they were just starting to to slide and they were going to play us and then they had a week off before they were going to play yeah. again? And we're like, man, we got to crush these guys so they can sit on defeat for a week. But instead we blew it and they won. It was like, oh, now we're on the other end of that where we're on a skid. And if we don't want to sit here whining like babies until Friday when we play again, we got to win tonight. We got to find a way and just like play like we're an actual hockey mm-hmm. team. unlike last night and, and get a win here. Yep. So, so I hope, I hope it's Matt Murray. Sen- yep. Senators on a back to back, probably going to be Hutchinson in net unless for some reason the Leafs, I mean, we do have a lot of days off. Maybe they want to play Freddie. 
Campbell was still a question mark. It might oh, be Campbell. That would be awesome. I mean, if they want to play Freddie uh, again, even though he didn't have a great week, if they felt like he's the better option, I mean he does get no, five days I don't off. want Freddie in there. I would rather have Hutch in there than Freddie for tonight. I don't want Freddie in there tonight. Oh boy. Um yeah, so so that's an exciting game. And then we got uh, five days off, and we're going to play the Flames on Friday next week. Yeah. I think back-to-back, back, right? Friday, yeah, Saturday? Friday, Saturday. So Flames, mm. uh, where are they in this? I in mean, this? Campbell should be good by then, which will be the nice. The Flames are third from the bottom in the division, 13 wins. Um, yeah, I think, I think tonight, I mean – the Senators cannot be this good. I hope we get a nice win tonight. We could sit on it for five days. Get Everybody gets healthy. Cactus can grow a second or third arm back and uh, uh, tear it up. So be interesting to see who, who starts tonight. That would have been nice to know. Yep. All right. By the time anyone's listening to this podcast, they'll know. Yeah. <laughs> Quick hitters. <laughs> oh, 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 yeah. Here we Wii go. Sports. Best game on the Wii. Yeah, the best game. <laughs> Agree. <laughs> Agree. All right, what do you guys got? All right, Leafs are currently tied for first in the NHL. Are we in sole possession of first place by this time next week? No. This time no. next week, next Sunday? No. We'll no, we don't be. have enough games. Next Sunday. We play no games. We play three games. Yeah, we don't have enough. We Fair don't well. have enough games. Um, okay. We're not up. Uh, does Scott Sabarin play a game for the Maple Leafs this season? No, man, that was a crazy. Uh, that crazy was crazy. Play. Yeah, he had he, he, yeah. he check like ten seconds into the game, pulls right over, the, over the the opposing goalie, gets suspended, kicked out of the game. But he's he's on the Leafs taxi squad. What's up with that? Okay, here's one. The Leafs penalty kill has been struggling as of late. By the end, for just the next three games, will the Leafs penalty kill be above or below sixty percent? It's been below fifty percent for the for the Oof. past week. I got to say above 50. Above the number 60. The number 60. 60. All right. Above 60. I'll take the above. Okay. Here's one. Um, oh, oh, I'll go above as well. Uh, do the Leafs win tonight? I certainly hope it's above. Do we win? Feels like a bit of a trap game. So. <laughs> I'm so tired of losing. <laughs> I thought we were going to win on Saturday, and I was wrong. So I'll say we'll lose here, and hopefully I'm wrong I think, again. I think we win. I think we win. Uh, let's see. What uh, else we got? Yeah. Matthews get more... More, uh, higher or fewer than three goals in the three games. Fewer. Fewer. He's got one hand. He might score, he <laughs> could score two tonight, though. It's the Senators. That is true. Hmm. Tonight is, uh, St. Patrick's, uh, or the, the, the we're going to do the St. Pat's jerseys. When is St. Patrick's Day? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Later this week. I, I just know this week, uh, today is Pi is it, Day. I was, I was going to, I was like, is St. Patrick's Day on the 14th usually, or is that just Valentine's Day? I don't know. That's it. It's March All 17th. Right. Any more quick hitters? Anybody else? That, that's All a right. wrap. Game over. Maple Leafs, you better win tonight. The wagon, uh, the wagon's coming for you. Refs, you guys better ref better. Good night.